Hey, this is Pastor Joaquin G. Molina from Spring of Life Fellowship, and I want to welcome you to our podcast. I hope you're encouraged with this message and you stay the course to change the world. God bless you. Father, we give you thanks, God, for today. Lord, we thank you for your love towards us. We thank you for your goodness and your blessing and giving us the opportunity to be able to be here to share your goodness. Lord, I pray that you will speak to every home, every heart, wherever your people are listening, God, and that you will just touch their hearts, God. In the name of Jesus, Father, that you will just fill every home with your power, with your hope, with your love, with your goodness, Father. We pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, the previous messages uh, the pastors have been sharing throughout these last few weeks has been dynamite. It's been the fire of God. Um, we've had, I think, most of the pastors, Pastor Fivera, Pastor Palma, Pastor Kenny. We've had um, Pastor Richie, Pastor Oscar, uh, Pastor Mederos. And, and all, the, all the messages have been super powerful. And so the last two um, previous messages were, I think, last Wednesday, Pastor Oscar shared. Um, and boy, that, was, that was great. I loved listening to Pastor Oscar. Um, we, we, we go way back. All the pastors here have been walking together in the Lord for over 20 years. And that's a very unique um, thing to have. It's a blessing. Um, and... and, and not too many people could say that. Uh, and, and so when Pastor Oscar was sharing, when you know a person as well as we know Pastor Oscar, um, I could just see Pastor Palma's face that was translating on some of the things. And, and you could tell it was, it, was fu- it was comical, it was funny because you know him. But at the same time, it was the power of God that was coming down because he was operating in his anointing. And um, what he shared was like slaying the giants, you know, just as a recap. He talked about how we're called to overcome and to kill those giants, you know. And any giant that comes into our life to try to mess us up, King David, you know, he was there. And, and you know, Goliath was trying to come against him with the sword and, and the shield, but G- David came against Goliath in the name of the Lord, and he slayed him. He cut his head, and, and I like how Pastor Oscar, a, a couple of the classics, this was a Pastor Oscar classic. That's what I called it to my wife, and um, he, he used words like cabezón. That means you have a big head. Narizón, he was trying to say that he was proudful. Um, and, I, and, and another really cool for me, I was tripping out. Um, I, have you ever heard facing the giants in Spanish? That was just a whole other level for me. <laughs> That's one of my favorite movies. But when I was seeing that part, um, vamos Brock, tu puedes Brock, no pare Brock. And that means keep going Brock. And so, <laughs> oh my gosh. That was good stuff. Um, seeing facing the giants in Spanish. But for the most part, you know, when you hear a man of God stand up here, um, regardless of his background, regardless of where he comes from, how he speaks. I always try to, like, tune out anything and just try to be sensitive to what the Spirit of the Lord is saying because it's a man of God that's up there, and he has a word for you, and you want to listen to that, right? And so it's, it, it, was, it was very powerful um, 
what Pastor Oscar said. And so that was this Wednesday that just passed. And then last Sunday, we had Pastor Richie. Pastor Richie, God bless you. Love you, sir, and Angie. Um, they are uh, amazing. So much love in their hearts. So genuine and down to earth. I, I, you know, it's great talking to people that are just real and genuine. And Pastor Richie talked about, um, you know, how you could be on top at the pinnacle of your career or the height of your talent and in the natural. But God has a way of humbling us because he wants us to be giants and big for him, not for this world. Because the things of this world will pass, but Jesus will never pass. And I loved how he used George Me. Um, having loved boxing my whole life, um, I used to train when I was a much younger kid in the boxing gym. And my grandfather um, was also an amateur boxer, featherweight champion um, as a boxer. In 1936, going back, I have a picture. Um, those little gloves, they weren't the big gloves. They were the little ones. Almost like if you hit somebody with those gloves, it feels like you're hitting somebody with those bare hands. And he would talk to me about that. I loved my grandfather's stories. My late great-grandpa, Joseph Bianchini, a strong Italian guy, worked on the railroad tracks in Chicago. Um, but he was a tough guy. And so when Pastor Richie was using George Foreman as, a, um, as an example, I could remember George Foreman's fights as a kid growing up watching him. He was just one of those big, you know, guys that would, you know, hit and punch. And I also own two George Foreman grilling machines. Um, those things are amazing. They cook up the burgers, and they're just great machines. So I enjoyed that message very much. Um, but, the, but the message there with Pastor Richie was basically, you know, you can do anything you want for this world. You can have the most money in your bank account. You could be the most famous person on the planet. But if you don't have Jesus, if you don't have Jesus, you're missing it. You don't have anything. And so the Bible says that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And Jesus wants to make you a champion for his glory and purpose. So if you're not tuned in to fulfilling God's purpose for your life, and you're trying to pursue other things that are here today and gone tomorrow, you're missing it. And so Pastor Richie's word was very um, timely, and it was needed for the house of God. And um, I thank God for his life and for that message. Amen. So just a little background, um, today's message is called the Father's Blessing, the Father's Blessing, right? And so we want the Father's Blessing in our life, amen? We want our Heavenly Father's Blessing, we want our Earthly Father's Blessing, if you still have your Father um, alive and around, and you want your spiritual, hopefully you have a spiritual Father, you want His Blessing as well. Amen. Those blessings are so important in our lives. And without that, um, I don't know how people actually can operate. Um, so just a little background. You know, I come from a childhood background of a lot of disappointment. And it's not that my parents were bad parents. So parents, mom, dad, if you're listening, you know, you were great parents. Amen. You just didn't know the Lord at the time. Um, and I love you, mom. I love you, dad. You guys are a blessing. You're both Christian now, and, and I thank God for your lives that you guys have surrendered your hearts to the Lord. Um, and, and in your later years, you are looking for God's purpose for both of your lives. But as a little background, there was a lot of heartbreak. My parents were divorced when I was 12, and I got saved on September 3rd, 1993. 
wow, Pastor Joey, that's so specific, man. You know the date? Yes, and so you should know your date too. Um, that was one of the greatest days of my life. I always tell people, I have three favorite days of my life. The first day was when I got saved. And I accepted Jesus into my heart. And he called me son. That was, to me, the best day of my life, right? I had other days before that that I thought were the greatest days when I won a state championship title in the sport that I was involved. I thought, woof, that was, I made it now. Listen, after I won that championship, I came home with the state title, and I felt more empty than I ever have. And that's when I knew, because I always thought, if I work so hard to get this one achievement, if I work hard, I'll do anything it takes, blood, sweat, and tears. And I got it. I won over 75 competitors in the entire state of Florida. And I came home, and I felt so empty. I was like, is this it? This isn't what I thought it was going to be, man. I thought I was going to feel better about myself. I thought, you know, I would have made it, you know. And, and I got home, and I was like, this is just not what I wanted. So I knew that there was an emptiness. So when I accepted Jesus, that was the first greatest day of my life because he fulfilled all my emptiness. He satisfied all my needs when I accepted Jesus in my heart. The second best day of my life was in Proverbs, it says, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and gets favor from the Lord. My second favorite day was when he brought me my wife, Suleika, my queen, my love, my best friend. That was an amazing day. And every time we counsel couples that are going to get married, I tell them, well, how was it, Pastor? How did you, did you have a good time in your, you know, reception, your wedding? How did that go? How, how does it feel? And I go, man, I don't know. It was the happiest day of my life. The second happiest day of my life. As a matter of fact, my face hurt here. I had like this pain on my cheeks because I couldn't stop smiling. Literally. I woke up the next morning with pain on my cheeks. I'm like, hun, why, you know, do I have this pain? And just, I don't know. And I realized I was smiling so much. I was so happy. And so that was the second best day. And my third favorite day is when my children were born. That was amazing. And I could always think about when, before I got married and then after I got married, we would talk about this and we were like, I wonder, wouldn't it be cool? What are your kids going to look like, man? Did you guys ever think about that before your kids were born? You always wondered what they would look like the day they were born. Well, that is the, what happened there. And now I have a 19-year-old son, a man already, almost 20, second year in college. That's crazy. A lot of you who know our son, uh, many of you knew us before we even had kids or before we were married because uh, this church has been around for a long time. So, And then my daughter Zoe is 15. So those are the three best days of my life. Um, so I got saved on September 3rd, 1993. So God caught my attention. Not because he restored my parents', parents marriage. That never happened. As a matter of fact, my parents' marriage ended in divorce. You're saying, man, their parent, your parents' marriage ended in divorce. So what, what's the point? Why did you... Surrender your whole heart to the Lord then. He didn't give you what you wanted, right? And I, I don't know. Um, well, stay with me. Um, but God, this is where the turning point for me happened. But God captured my heart because he called me son. When I found out that the Lord had a purpose for my life, that he had a plan for me, 
and that he loved me as a father would a son and that he would never leave me, he would never leave me nor forsake me, that's when I knew that I wanted to sign up. I wanted to become part of that relationship. I wanted that family. And that was what did it for me. That's what, it's not because he, he gave me riches. It's not because he restored a, a marriage. It's not because of any of that. It was because he called me son, honestly. And the first day, my wife will tell you, before we even were married and we were getting to know one another, I told her, hey, I want you to know that God the Father is genuinely my real father. I really consider him as my real dad. And she was like, wow, that's awesome, man. That's what a great relationship. That's so amazing. And so I always had that heart, you know, that I love the Lord because he first loved me and he called me son. So um, that's all I needed to give my whole heart to him. And ever since then, all I have done with all my heart, soul, and strength is try to honor God, my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He is the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. I was telling the marriage group, um, the marriage uh, group that we have once a month, now we're doing it on Zoom. And we were talking about, you know, many, there's many voices now on the media. There's voices that you hear, you know, through your friends. There's voices, all kinds of voices, but we're only supposed to be listening to one voice. And that's the voice of God. There's so many books out there. There's so much material. But I always, and I rarely recommend books. So the greatest seller of all time, I always recommend to read the Holy Bible, the Word of God. I was talking to one of our local business owners here the other day that she has, they have a, the family has a Christian bookstore here in our community. And, um, you know, one of the things that, that they were saying is that the Bible sales have gone high. They've gone up. That's good news. I rejoiced with that news. But what I told the marriage group is if you're listening to a message, you know, even preachers, YouTube, you know, people are searching all over the place, trying to seek out all over stuff. And I told, I told the marriage group on, on the Zoom, I said, listen, man, it's very important that if you're listening to a message, if you don't hear the name Jesus within the first five minutes of that message, whoosh, <laughs> cut it. Because the, the message of the gospel is Jesus Christ. It's the good news. And that's what this message is about. It's about the love of God, the love of a father, and the blessings that he wants to bestow upon you and your families. So it's so important to listen to the right voice, right? Not the wrong voice. And so that's what I was telling them. So today, we're going to talk about the Father's blessing. The greatest expression of the Father-Son relationship is Jesus Christ and God the Father. What a relationship. If you study that relationship in the Word of God, there's so many other people in the Bible, men of God and the greats, how their relationships with their dads were also awesome. And we're going to talk about some of those too, but... I want to start off with the greatest relationship, father-son relationship that existed of all time. The one that I want to um, imitate and the one that I encourage you to imitate as well. So, the greatest relation, expression of the father-son relationship is Jesus Christ and God the Father. They are one, the Bible says in John 10.30. In the Gospel of John, chapter 10, 
verse 30. It says this, very simple. I and my father are one. Boom. And that is where we need to get. Um, it's important that we as children of God try to imitate that example with not only our heavenly father, but our earthly fathers as well. And so um, we're going to look at that today. We're going to see how Jesus interacted with his heavenly father. How they um, were able to knit their hearts together. And how Jesus' greatest desire was to please his heavenly father. That was Jesus' greatest desire throughout all the Bible. So the most glorious thing is seeing a father and a son's heart knitted together. The best words a son can ever hear is what Jesus heard from his father when he was baptized. Let's go to, go turn your Bibles or look on the screen at chapter, um, the book in Matthew, chapter 3, verse 17. Amen. All right. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. If a son ever hears that from their dad, that has to be the most rewarding voice or thoughts a father can share with his son. Right? And so Jesus heard those amazing words from his heavenly father when he was baptized. And my thoughts is because he was obeying his dad. He was doing what his dad told him to do. He was going to the baptism, the waters of baptism to, to do, you know, what, what, what his father commanded him to do. And so we have a loving and giving father in heaven. And he wants us to give us, he wants to give us the very best. A lot of times when God closes a certain door, we don't understand. We don't understand why God closes certain doors in our lives, do we? But he does it because he loves us. And sometimes when he closes a door, we don't understand. And we get sad. And we throw a tantrum. But how many of you know when God closes a certain door, it's because he has a better one open for you? How many of you know that when God... Um, is um, the most high God. Jesus knows what's best for us. All we have to do is sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride in him. Knowing that he's our heavenly father. And that he has the very best for us. And that God is saying, oh daughter, oh son, if you only knew what I have in store for you. You might be thinking, you had these plans and you might be thinking you were going in a certain direction. Or something was going to happen for you. And all of a sudden, it's not going the way that you thought it was going to go. All of a sudden, now things are, in, are moving in a different direction and a different light. What a glorious thing. Now, when doors close in my life, or when I thought that something was going to happen and something different starts to happen, I, get, I rejoice in the name of Jesus. I say, amen, praise the Lord. You love me so much. You care about me so much, my God. That I know, that I know that I know you have something better. <laughs> I don't know about you, but if I was you, I'd be doing jumping jacks in my pajamas right now in that living room. Eating uh, Lucky Charms. That's what I would be doing right now. 
Let's look in Matthew chapter 7, verse 11. Let's look at that verse right quick. If then you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Man, I'm not a good person. I'm evil and I want to give good things to my kids. It's only through his grace and his love that I'm able to be the father that I am. Amen. Because I'm able to imitate his example. So guess what? What does that verse tell you? It tells you that God loves you so much. So if he closed the door, if things are happening in your life that you don't understand, it's a season. If you're walking with the Lord, knowing that he loves you, you've embraced him as a father like I have, relax. Sit back. Take a deep breath. As a matter of fact, let's take a deep breath. And just rest in the Lord. Know that he has something better and awesome for you. The final destination is going to be glorious. And so God wants to give you good gifts. As children of the Lord, our biggest desire should be to receive God's blessings in our lives. When I got saved, he called me son, like I said. I've embraced that every day of my life since then. A couple of things that my family has done, um, and this is how important the Father's blessing is in our lives. Um, number one, these are little things that we do in our home because we want the blessings of the Father. We want to receive. A lot of times there's messages that are shared and, and we don't talk about the how-to. Or we don't, um, and the best way to do it is just through your expression of how you live your life. But if you don't have a relationship with someone, you're never going to be able to know how they live. If you never hang out with them, you never go to their house, you never call them. So how would you know? You're just hearing mere words of what they're telling you for the moment, right? So I want to give you some practical things, just simple things that we do in our home. Um, for those of you who don't know us, um, when I got married, and this is my desire since day one. I'm going way back. Um, when I got married, I, more, I wanted more than anything to have all the pastors come up and bless us and pray for us at our wedding. That was so important to me. You know, all I could, kept, all I could keep thinking throughout the ceremony, first, how beautiful my wife was. I better say that, right? No. Um, as she was walking down that aisle, looking at all the faces in the crowd, me standing up there. I know Pastor Pommel was at my, at my wedding. Um, we were just kids, man. We were so young. Um, but uh, my, I, I kept thinking in the back of my head, man, I hope the pastors don't drop the bond. They forget to come and pray for me. I want that blessing. I want that dew of heaven. I want to start off my marriage from the man of God's blessing. And it was all the pastors that were there that came up and the leaders and ministers that were there that came up and they prayed for us and they blessed us. And, man, that was so important to me. After that, I was like, ah, I don't care if the chicken's cold. I don't care if Fulanita didn't show up. It didn't matter. That's what, that was my biggest desire. And that, you know, of course, they did it, and, and, and that happened. So that was so good. And number two, when my kids were born, I always would see in the church um, before I was married, um, seeing how when the children, the babies were born, 
they would bring them up to the altar and the pastor would dedicate them to the Lord. I wanted that too. That was another big part of my life, a big turning point in my life. I told you about the three favorite things in my life. So that was the second, the third um, happiest day of my life when my kids were born. So I was able to experience that with my children. They were able to come up and um, hear the, that awesome verse. And let's see in Numbers chapter 6, verses 24 through 26. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Those are that prayer for my kids and even for me. For all of us, we should long to hear that from our father. We should long to hear that blessing over our lives and our children's lives. And someone told me once, and it kind of freaked me out at first, but then I was like, it brought me a lot of peace. And I was able to rest in the Lord and his truth, which was this. You know, Joey, once you have your children, they don't belong to you. God's just letting you borrow them for a season. And before you know it, boom, they're gone out of the house, starting up their new families, and it's just going to be you and mama. And so keep that in mind. And always know that your children are the Lord's. You've dedicated your children to him. You've given them over to God. In other words, God, here are my children. I'm going to give them to you. They belong to you, Lord. I'm going to raise them up in the ways of the Lord to the best of my God-fearing ability. But then after that, God, whatever you want to do, it's you. These are your children, not mine. And so that brought so much peace to my life. So even if some of the families are listening to this and your kids are, you know, still at home, but they may not be babies anymore, and they're older, you could still dedicate them. Talk to one of the pastors. Let's figure that out. Let's dedicate them to the Lord. It's never too late. I love that about the word and Jesus. It's never too late. You can always start over again. Jesus, uh, although morning lasts for the night, joy comes in the morning. Sorrow lasts for the night, joy comes in the morning. Right. I had to sing the song to remember the verse. Um, so that right there is super important for us to know about our children, right? That was number two. And so it'll be 22 years um, that we've been married this December, my wife and I. Good times. <laughs> and our entire marriage and lives have been an expression of wanting the Father's blessing. Truly. Wanting the heavenly father's blessing and our earthly fathers. It's meant so much to us. Um, and by the way, if there's anybody planning on getting married anytime soon, December is an awesome month to get married. I just want to say, all right? <laughs> all right. So the way we have raised our children has been us teaching them that if they do anything out of God's will or blessing, Things may not go well for them. So what does the blessing mean in this church? I love the way our pastor has raised us in this light. Um, if you come up 
Pastor, I want to get married. Go talk to the marriage pastor, Joey. Or go to five men that you respect that are leaders and get the thumbs up. Huh? Have you heard that? I know you guys have heard that one before, right? Get the green light. Across the board, you want peace. If there's any red flags or people opposing to what, you know, you are, are saying, are doing, then that you have to be careful about that. You have to be careful. And so that's super important. Um, so that to me is, is very important uh, to get the green light, to get the thumbs up. And to listen to the men of God that have spoken into your lives and over your lives. Because without that, you're toast. That I, would, I would be freaked out to do anything without receiving the blessing from the Lord. When I got married, it was important to me that I got the blessing from my spiritual leaders, my parents, my wife's dad. You know, I was like, oh man. The day you have to go and ask your father-in-law for your, their daughter's hand in marriage, he's a, he's a, he was a cop. <laughs> and I was like, oh, Lord. Um, and I was like, sir, uh, can I please have you? No, I was assertive. You have to be. You know, I was shaking my boots, but I was acting like, you know, hey. Because I knew in my heart that this is what God had for me. And thank God, yes, obviously he gave me a thumbs up. We call him Poppy. Thank you, Poppy. I appreciate it. So. That to me was important that we get the blessing. And I've raised my kids. My wife and I have raised our children. And I know many of the families in this house have done the same. And that's why there's blessing. There's so much peace and blessing in our families. Because we long to get the thumbs up from our God. We long to get the thumbs up from our earthly fathers. Without that, we are, I have to say it in Spanish because it's so much more expressive. Frito. We're toast. We're done. And so we need that blessing. Right? So look what the Bible says about his blessings in Deuteronomy chapter 28. You might be thinking, well, where in the Bible does it talk about all the blessings that the Lord has for us? There's so many places in the Bible that it talks about God's blessing. Right? And I'm thinking of some through that are not in my notes, but I want to go through Deuteronomy chapter 28 for a moment. Because it's so important that you hear this. So let's go to um, Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 1 through 14. I don't know what version you are using. I usually go with New Kings James, but it's okay. I think that's it. I love this. It's, it's fearful. But also very uh, joyful at the same time to read these scriptures. Now it shall come to pass. And man, we've been hearing this for all the OGs out there, the original youth group. Uh, we've heard this message since we were in the youth group with our pastor, that he was our youth pastor. And, I, and this word was one of the words that captured my heart early on in my Christian walk. Because the desire of this house has always been to do things the way God wants them, us to do them. To do nothing outside of God's will. To make sure that we have God's stamp of approval. And boy, we have had a lot of offers to go this way, to go that way, to buy this thing, to buy that thing. We have seen so many 
things and people come and go through here with all kinds of offers. Very appealing. But man, if we don't have the heart connected to the spirit of the Lord and we move in the wrong direction and we don't follow the cloud and the anointing and the covering of God is not there, whew, that's danger zone. Danger zone. And many have strayed in that direction. But I pray that the dew of heaven, the grace of God will continue to keep us, um, especially in these times. Um, and I trust the Lord, and I confess this now, that the best is yet to come. This is just a season that we're going through, um, what's happening in the world, right? Um, but I know that as the people of God, we're going to receive the victory. We're going to receive the goodness of the Lord. And, and this is the time to get connected to the Spirit of God like never before. I'm excited to see what God's going to do next, right? If you study the Bible... Every time something would happen, you know, all these Moses, what he went through with all the things, with trying to get his people um, into the promised land, they got to the promised land. And we are going to get to the promised land. We are in the promised land. But going back to receiving the blessings of the Lord, it says this. Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord, your God. Listen to that, diligently. What does diligently mean? It means attentively, with tenacity, just listening. God, I, want, I don't want to miss a beat. I don't want to miss anything you have to say. I really, really want to focus, laser focused. I want to really listen to what you have to say. That means don't just skim through the word to say, oh, man, I read two chapters of the Bible today. Oh, yeah, what would you read? And you could only re recite or just get one verse out of everything you read. Slow it down. Let's take another deep breath. Diligently obey the voice of the Lord, your God. To observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you today. That the Lord, your God, will set you high above all the nations of the earth. Man, just starting with next verse. Just starting with that verse right there is powerful. Verse 2, and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city and blessed shall you be in the country. Ble Listen to the word blessed. If someone says to me, God bless you, I'm like, hey, man, I receive it. I want the blessing of the Lord. Those words carry a lot of weight to me. When I hear the word God and then bless, you, that carries a lot of weight from my life. I don't take that lightly. That's what I, that's my biggest desire, I told you. So, blessed shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground, and all the increase of your herds. The increase of your cattle and the offspring of your flocks. Now, you can change that with... You know, your cars, your, your, the, with today's modern. Blessed shall be your basket and your netting bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in. Blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. Whew. That's powerful. 
They shall come out against you one way and flee before you in seven ways. Verse 8, the Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouse, storehouses and in all to which you set your hands. He will bless you in the lands which the Lord your God is giving you. Nine, the Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself. Man, just as he has sworn to you, if you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. See, that's the key. We want all these blessings. We want all these things in our lives. But the Lord God wants you to walk in his ways. Then all the people of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord. And they shall be afraid of you. And the Lord will grant you plenty of goods. Boy, I, I know, you know, by his mercy and grace, I have received so many goods in my life. More than I could even ask for. Just reading over this, God has been good to me. God has been good to us. In the fruit of your body, in the increase of your livestock, and in the produce of your ground. In the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. The Lord will open to you his good treasure, the heavens, to give the rain to your land in its season. And to bless all the work of your hand. Wouldn't that be terrible to work so hard and then all the work that you do with your hands is, doesn't, it's like if you were doing nothing. You shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You shall be above only and not beneath. If you heed the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and are careful to observe them. If, again, if you heed the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and are careful to observe them. So you shall not turn aside from any of the words which I command you this day. You shouldn't look to the right or to the left or go after other gods and serve them. I can just share on other gods how people have all kinds of things that they, that they try to honor and, 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 and serve and follow. Be everything but God, right? You see, a lot of people want the blessing, but they're not willing to pay the price. They're not willing to lay down their lives for the Lord. They want the benefit. They want the baby without the labor pains, right? That's, that's the thing. It doesn't work that way. You have to sacrifice. You have to give your life to the Lord. And that requires a lot of discipline and sacrifice. I love how my son, although he's 19 years old, he won't do anything or go anywhere without my permission or blessing. And that's the way we've raised our kids. So it's no shocker to me that since he was born and now he's a man, and um, he comes to me. And, and, and he asks me for permission wherever, even if it's to go to the corner to put gas in his car. He doesn't walk out of that house. And I, it's not like, hey, he does it. It's automatic. It's natural. It, it's how he lives his life. It's how we live our life at home. 
He's asked me permission. So what would happen if he left anyway or did something without my blessing? What if I called the police and said, hey, the cops get there. Yes, did you call the police? And the cops are, and my, you know, me and my wife are freaking out. And we're like, yeah, yeah, we did, we did. Officer, oh, what's the emergency? Oh, man, you know, my son went to the mall. And I told him no. <laughs> what if I called the police and said my son went to the mall after I said no? And he's 19. What do you guys think would happen? The cops are going to laugh in my face is what's going to happen. You know what they're going to say? Sorry, Mr. Torres. Your son is of a legal age and there's nothing you can do. And believe me, even if the police could do something, it isn't them that I fear. It's the Lord's wrath that I fear. I would fear that for my son. Because he left my house to the gas station or the mall without my blessing. I would be freaking out for him. And then the sorrow and pain that he would cause me and his mother. So it's super important that as sons and children of God that we long to receive the blessing of the Father before we make any decisions. And that's how we have to raise our children in our home. We need that. We need it. And children, I want to tell you this. The biggest thing, the best thing you could ever do. And when I say children, I'm talking about those who are still living at home with mom and dad, regardless of your age. Honor your parents. Honor them. That all will go well with you and that you will live a long life on this earth. That's the greatest thing you could do. It brings peace to your heart. It brings rest. You don't have to worry. You can just rest in the Lord. And that's sometimes when I tell wives to bring them a sense of peace. As the husbands are the head of the home and the wives are submit to their husbands. There's a great book written, um, which I don't recommend too many books, but it's called Liberated Through Submission. And so if the husband, and so this is almost not fair, <laughs> but it's God's order. If the husband makes a decision and it's the wrong one and the wife does it, it's on the man, not her. The husbands have to answer to God for that. And the wives kind of got, they kind of get like a free pass. <laughs> so, yeah. You could try to act like, okay, I'm, I'm a husband, so I get to do whatever I want, however I want. Yeah, I'm the man. Yo soy el hombre. Yo puedo decir lo que quiero. I can do whatever I want. You better be careful. And when you make decisions, make sure you have the Father's blessing and his thumbs up. Because if you don't and you make the wrong decision, you got to give an account. My wife is my first disciple, man. My kids are my, my, my sheep. That's my first church is my family. They're my priority. If I mess that up, then I, that, nothing else matters. I got to make sure I'm slam dunking that. So as the priest of my home, I got to make sure that my antennas are connected to the spirit of God. That I'm hearing the voice of the Lord for my family and their well-being. So as children and sons of the Lord, daughters of the king... We got to make sure that we receive the blessing of the Father before we make those decisions. Now, nobody's holding a gun to anybody's head in my house. We don't force this. We teach it and we live it. But we have modeled it and have taught the importance of God's order 
and blessing. And guess what, sports fans? A lot of times it hurts like crazy to obey, even when sometimes we don't understand. Dad, can I go to the beach? No, not today, daughter. No. What? It's a beautiful day. So-and-so is going to be there. How many of you heard that one? Everybody's going to be there. Who's everybody? And they give you two names. <laughs> everybody. You're thinking 20 people. Everybody to me is everybody. And so when they say, oh, two people. I'm like, no, not today. Okay. And they know after a couple, you know, they're kids. They're going to ask you. They're going to, kids are sharp, man. These guys are, they're world changers. They know how to ask in five different directions. But at some point, they know, all right, dad's gave me the look. I better quit while I'm ahead because then it's, it's going to be, I'm not, not only going to not be able to go to the beach, but it's going to be a, I'm going to have to do hard time here at home as well. So let me, let me cut that. And so that's been the case, but we're not forcing here. A lot of times it hurts to obey. But when you do, again, even though the moment, at the moment it hurts and it's painful, the, there's blessing in that. There's blessing in that. I promise you, I'm 25 years in this thing, serving the Lord. And there's been some painful, dark times, but there's, it's been a blessing every step of the way. So, I'm talking about obeying not just man, but God. And that's where the blessing of the Lord is. Also know that, yes, God does place spiritual authorities in our lives said that a million times from here. Boy, if I had a nickel every time you've heard that one, right? We've said it a billion times. Pastors, ministers, the leaders in our lives that help and guide and direct us. Now, I want to tell you this contrast really quick. As fathers, we should imitate our heavenly father. Because not only am I a father, I'm also a son. And so where's my example of a son? Jesus the way he was with his father. Right? That's where we need to imitate. And so that, our biggest desire was to please God the Father. He never did anything without God's blessing. Let's see that in John chapter 5 verse 19. Jesus never did anything without God the Father's blessing. Then Jesus answered and said to them, most assuredly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself but what he sees the father do. For whatever he does, the son also does in like manner. Jesus is just doing what he sees his father do. He's imitating his father. He's living the way his father wants him to live. You see that? Son, father, father, son. It's all here. This is the instruction that teaches us how to receive the Father's blessings. How to live under God's due and anointing and covering. Anything outside of that? I shared a message here sometime, some time ago. It was a marriage conference and I loved how we had an umbrella. And I had a painting and the umbrella was over... The, the, the butler and the maid's head. And it was raining. 
And I used the umbrellas as God's protection. And although it was raining, they were still dancing in the rain. And they had the umbrella of the Lord. And they were happy. They were dancing in the rain with God's protection, with the umbrella over their head. And the umbrella is God's covering. It's God's protection. It's God's anointing. It's God's goodness. Imagine if that umbrella was removed from your head. You would start to get wet and slip. It's raining, right? And, and you're all dressed up. Your clothes are getting soaked. That's not how I want to live my life. Wherever I walk, wherever I step, every morning when I get up, my feet, wherever they touch, I want it to be my steps being ordered and directed by the Lord. That they will not be my own steps. They'll be the steps of the Lord. Wherever I walk, grocery store, to get the mail, back, wherever it is, I want it to be the Lord's steps, not my steps. And I want to be able to go where God tells me to go and do what God tells me to do and say what God wants me to say. There are so many stories in the Bible that we can learn from. We have Joseph, Esau, Jacob, David, and the list goes on. But today I'm focusing on Jesus and his relationship with God the Father. When we study the life of Jesus, we see that his life was a life of many blessings. And the words that stand out to me was love, strength, power, healing, caring, and obedience. Luke twenty two forty two. 42. Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless... Not my will, but yours be done. If you think about that moment in Jesus' life, he was going through a major time of pain and suffering because he knew that his destination was death. He knew that he had to go to the cross for you and me. As a son, you're looking down. You're, you're down on the ground the pain of agony was so much that experts say that Jesus was sweating blood of the pain that he was going through just thinking about what he had to do next. As a matter of fact, it hurt so much and it was so painful, Jesus knowing what he had to do, that he was looking up to the heavens saying, God, Dad. Dad, please, Dad. Oh, man. Dad, if it's your will, please, just I don't want to do this. Can you please help me? Take this from me, God. Dad, please, no. Are you serious? You want me to die? Imagine your son looking at you saying, Dad, no. Please, Dad, help me. Dad. I don't know. I can't do that. But that's what God did for us. And you know what Jesus said? Okay. All right. Okay. I'm going to do it. Because it's not my will, but yours be done. Obedience, we've heard, means to suffer. 
Man, but that suffering, that's the ultimate sacrifice. The ultimate pain. You see the relationship between the son and the father? The son's biggest desire was to honor his father, even to the point of death. Did Jesus grow bitter at his father after that? No, he still honored him. He still walked in that authority, but guess what? What was the result of the, yeah, there was pain, there was suffering, there was death, so that we may have life. Amen? But today, Jesus is in all glory, seated on the throne with his heavenly father, and he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords, and he is going to reign forever, and he is reigning forever, right? And he's going to come back to rule and judge this, this um, on a beautiful white horse, the Bible says. And he is up there with a crown of glory in the kingdom of heaven with streets of gold, pearly white gates. A place that we're all hopefully going to get to if we receive God as our heavenly father today. If we want to come under that blessing. That was a result for Jesus. He ended up going to his homestead where he belongs, his life, where he lives. His final home front. That's his house. His father's house. There was a song growing up when my kids were youth, and I wanted them to embrace their permanent residence, which is heaven, by the way. It's not uh, Kendall. <laughs> and uh, come and go with me to my father's house. There's a big, big table with lots and lots of food. And uh, where we could play football. My son used to like that part. We could play football, Dad. Where we could play football. And that's heaven. It talks about it in Revelation. And that's where we want to be. That's the heart of God. That's the heart of a son. So, Jesus wanted that cup being taken from him. And we could talk about many great men in the Bible, but Jesus was the perfect example. And he never wanted to do anything without God. We see the story. When Jesus got lost and Joseph and Mary went crazy looking for him. I could just imagine Joseph and Mary saying, oh man, Joe, we did it now. ¿Qué pasó ahora, María? Where's Jesus? Oh man, he's lost. And Joe's probably looking, you know how us dads, we always blame the wife when something like that happens. You're supposed to be watching after the children, man. You mean to tell me we lost the savior of the world? Oh man, we're in trouble now. We lost the Savior of the world, Mary. We're, God's really going to, oof, now you've done it. Girl, now you've done it. We've lost the Savior of the world. How can you do this? Come on. And they were looking for Jesus everywhere. I remember years ago. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Years ago, we went to Disney, and we were with a bunch of families. And one of the families, they were a young family. They had a couple kids, and they were starting out. And we were in front of one of the rides, and they, they, we walked away from the ride, and, and one of the families left their kid, the baby, in the stroller, and we walked away. For 10 minutes, we had left, and all of a sudden, I could just hear the voice in my, I'm not going to say who, I wouldn't sell you all like that. And now, and now, <laughs> and all of a sudden, I hear the voice, hey, where's so-and-so? Babe, I thought you had him. No, didn't you? And me and Javi looked at each other. It wasn't Javi's kid. But me and Javi were there, and me and Javi looked at each other, and we freaked out. 
And we got, you guys stay here. And we started sprinting back to the destination of where we initially were, where they left their kid in Disney in front of that ride. And how he got there, for he was in better shape than me. I was just like, <laughs> and he was just jogging it. And I'm like dying. And we finally get there. The kid was there, and the, the, he was there in the stroller, and the family was around. Where and the kid was there crying, and we found the kid. Thank you, Jesus, that we found him, right? And he was still, <laughs> he was still there, healthy. But my goodness, can you imagine losing a kid? That's a scary thought. Ever since then, this is what we do when we go to public places. When my kids were little, we were all oh, guys. Come on and team up. All right, before we go into this place, before we go into this park. Here's what we're going to do. You see that big clock right there? If any of you happen to get lost, you find somebody who works here and you meet us at that clock. Okay? Where are you going to meet us? I tell them 50 times. At the clock, that Okay, I got it. But just in case, you know, you got it. Kids get lost. Hey. All right. So going back to Jesus, he gets lost. Oh, so Joseph and Mary thought, right? Stay with me. Watch what happens. You guys know where I'm going with this, right? It says this. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, so we see in Luke chapter 2, verse 49. When they found him, Jesus and, I mean, Joseph and, um, I said Jesus, Joseph and Mary, sorry. Um, when they found him, we all know what Jesus said. He was just a boy. But look what he said. Jesus had this figured out since he was a kid. He looks at his biological parents and he says this, at his earthly parents, I mean, and he says this, why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? Ooh, man, how powerful is that? I still would have punished him, but now you can't punish Jesus because that's Jesus, right? But what I'm saying is, when you walk in the authority and the power of God, you're not lost. You can't get lost. When you're walking under the anointing and the direction of the Lord Jesus Christ, and you know where you're going and you know where your father's telling you to go, there is no getting lost. Because you know you're about your father's business. It's not my will, but your will be done, Lord. You see, for Jesus, this was a no-brainer to do his Father's will. It wasn't even a question to him. Why? Because he wanted his Father's blessing. We must remember that if we receive Jesus as our Savior, we have entered into the family of God, and he is our Father, and we must seek out his will and purpose for our life. But sadly, a lot of times we don't. We think we know more than God. And that we are listening to God. But too many times, like I said before, we're listening to the wrong voices, people. The Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit are one. We need to get to the place as sons that us as sons and daughters are knitted together with the Father's heart. And we're one spirit, one flesh, one mind. When people come to me for advice and counsel, I usually ask them first, who else have you talked to? I've learned that one. And number two, what they tell you. And number three, have you got, what, is, what do you think God is telling you? 
A lot of times the Holy Spirit tells us even before we even have to give that advice. But we're there as leaders and hopefully the pastors and the leaders that are listening to this, when you give advice, when you give counsel, it's the counsel of the Lord. It's one voice. What you're telling that person should be the same thing that 50 pastors would say. I hope. How many smart people do we have? There's a lot of smart people. It's not our earthly accomplishments, but God's wisdom. Let's see in Proverbs 10.1. It says, a wise son brings joy to his father, but a foolish son brings grief to his mother. Friends, don't be a foolish son today. Don't be a foolish daughter. Have that heart to bring joy to your heavenly father. We see the life of Esau when he gave up his father's blessing for some food. For a bowl of lentils. Genesis 25, 29 through 34. Genesis chapter 25, verses 29 through 34. I'll give you a chance to turn to that at home or you see it on the screen. Once when Jacob was cooking stew, Esau came in from the field, and he was exhausted. And Esau said to Jacob, let me eat some of that red stew, for I am exhausted. Therefore, his name was called Edom. J Jacob said, sell me your birthright now. What a thing for Jacob to say. That means that was already stirring in his mind. He was already thinking, I want the blessing. I know Esau is my brother. He's supposed to go, but I'm going to get it from him. I'm going to see how. And that was a perfect opportunity. And Jacob, deceiver, he did it. Esau said, I'm about to die. Of what use is a birthright to me? Jacob said, swear to me now. He was securing the deal. He was sealing the deal. So he swore to him and said, sold his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and lentil stew and ate and drank and rose and went his way. And then Esau despised his birthright. There's a lot to say about that. Um, I just wanted to give that example that to lose that blessing as the firstborn, as the, birth, as the son of the blessing, to offer it up for some. Man, I really hope that was some good food, by the way. Because <laughs> it cost him everything. Um, nothing is worth. Nothing is worth giving up the blessing that God has for you. What benefit is it, the Bible says in Proverbs, that you gain the whole earth, but then lose your soul in the process? God could rescue a broken heart. And you know, my heart has been broken, deeply broken, serving the Lord. My heart was deeply broken. But God could mend a broken heart. As a matter of fact, he says he's with the brokenhearted. But one thing that is very difficult to ever bring back is an amputated soul. When you cut somebody's spirit and their soul gets 
amputated, that is danger zone. I can't even begin or imagine the pain and hurt or, or there's no turning back once you lose that. that, that that's a mystery and, and it, it brings God's fear to my heart to even think about that. But um, Jacob got the blessing and then, you know, they decided, they blessed, Jacob got the blessing anyway, even though they deceived it. They deceived, um, you know, and, and he, he made his brother swear to him that blessing. So what I'm saying is nothing is worth giving up that blessing. Nothing. We see the life of David. But, that, but going back to that, Esau and, and, and Jacob, that just goes to show you how badly he wanted his father's blessing. That he was willing to deceive his own brother to get it. He wanted it badly. But we should never give that up. We should walk in the light and the authority of Christ to receive that. So in David, 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7. There needed to be a new king in Israel. And when the prophet went looking for the new king, it was among this household. And the Lord told Samuel, he gave him some instruction. He said, hey, don't look at the appearance of how tall the next king is going to be. Because I have rejected him. God does not see like humans see. Humans look at the outward appearances. But the Lord looks into the heart. Then Jesus called Abinadab and brought him to Samuel. But Samuel said, the Lord has not chosen this one either. Verse 8, verse 9 of 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 9. I could just hear the households right now, the kids saying, what verse was it? Trust me, I, I've heard that too. 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 9. Got it? Okay. All right. Then Jesse and Shammah came to Samuel. The Lord has not chosen this one either, Samuel said. So Jesse brought seven more of his sons to Samuel. But Samuel told Jesse, the Lord has not chosen any of these. Now, I know we have an amazing Sunday school. I know the children know this story. This is a great story. And we should all know it. And there's so many messages out of, so rich, so many messages out of this story. But today we're talking about the blessing of the Father. Our, verse 11, are all these, all the sons you have? They're still the youngest one, Jesse answered. But you know, he's tending to the sheep over there. Samuel told Jesse, send someone to get him. We won't continue until he gets here. I could just imagine Samuel was thinking what the Lord first thought, telling him, don't look at his appearance, how tall he is. So Samuel wanted to obey the Lord. He goes, oh, okay. He's telling you to bring that guy over here. Now, when I think of this, I think of this. I think of this. I could just imagine David tending to the sheep, shoveling sheep poo, right? Picking the ticks off of the sheep, herding them full of mud, dirty, out there minding his own business. Never in a million years would he think that he would be the next king of Israel. So maybe some of you right now might be feeling like you're in a place where you're shoveling poo. 
You might be a little dirty. You might be in a situation where you're thinking, man, nobody notices me. Uh, I don't have any spotlight on me. Nobody cares. I'm just here. Well, let me tell you something. I don't care if you're shoveling poo. Can I say poo from up here? I hope. Okay. You might be in a situation where you're thinking, is this all? Is, is this God? I, I'm, I think I'm being obedient to you. This is what you told me. But I'm here, you know, changing oil. I'm cutting a grass. I'm cutting along. I'm sweating. I'm not hardly making any money. I'm just here. Or I'm in this ministry in the back. Nobody even sees me. I'm behind the scenes. And you might be thinking that way. But I'm here to tell you. Let me tell you something. Hey, man. I've, my wife and I have served in just about every ministry in, this, in, in our church. We've cleaned those bathrooms and we'll do them again. We've taken out the trash. And that's the biggest servant of all. And, and, and I'm not saying that's a, a lesser um, ministry than, than being a preacher or a pastor. Because I still do that. Amen. What I'm saying to you is this. If you're in God's will and you're picking ticks off a sheep and you're out there and you know you're with God, my friend, your day is coming, like in Deuteronomy 28, where you will inherit the nations. You will inherit the earth. And it may not be in the spotlight, the famous popular, like Richie was saying, that's trash. Don't let that be your desire to be famous in this big shot. That's not what you think it is. I've been on big stages. I've preached in front of thousands of people. I've been in, in those platforms before. I've come out on TV. That is not where the glory of the Lord is. The glory of the Lord is walking in his will, having the peace that surpasses all understanding and having the joy in your heart and in your marriage and in your family that no money or anything can buy or do. So Jesus was minding his own business. I mean, David was minding his own business, picking ticks. I'm saying ticks because those are some nasty creatures. Hate garrapatas. It sounds like, you know, in Spanish, terrible animals, little bugs stick on you and they suck your blood and they're nasty so David was out there picking those things off those sheep doing his job with you know excellence and guess what happens the prophet comes and they bring David over and we all know the story verse 12 so Jesse sent for him he had a healthy complexion right attractive eyes and a handsome appearance the Lord said go ahead the Lord said, this little sheep boy out there shoveling and picking and dirty, go ahead, anoint him. He is the one. My friends, if you're doing what the Lord is saying today, you are the one. You're where God wants you to be. That's where you're going to receive the highest blessing and purpose for your life, whatever that purpose is. I always told my family, the Lord sends us to some other country where we know nobody and it's in the jungle this is day one i told my wife this i said hey you know i'm called to serve the lord hon sugar lips the lord has called me to serve him are you sure this is what you want to sign up for because i am not going to do what i want i want to do what god wants i want his blessing in my life because one day i have to stand before him and I have to give an account for what I did or didn't do. 
And I want to hear those words, well done, my good and faithful servant. I don't want to hear, depart from me. Oh, Lord, but didn't I save? Didn't I heal? Didn't I give? Didn't I? Yeah. But did you do what I said? You're doing a lot of things. <laughs> but did you do what I said for you to do? And if that's shoveling poo right now, then that's what you're supposed to be doing, my man. That's it. So I always told them, God calls us somewhere. We may not have hot water. We may, and we've been to places like that, um, visiting as missionaries. We may not have the AC, the cable with 50 million apps, and you can watch a movie whenever you feel like it and all this other stuff that we're so used to, the luxuries and comfort. But if God calls us somewhere and that's where God wants us to be, that's where you're going to be the most peaceful. That's where you're going to be the most blessed. That's where you're going to flourish. That's where you're going to prosper. That's where God's going to have you in the palm of his hand. He's going to carry you every step of the way. So I don't play with that. And I know that I know that for the 22 years that we've been here, God has had us here. Right? And we've been blessed. So it's so awesome that David was, he, you know, God told him, you're the one. Samuel took the flask of olive oil and anointed David in the presence of his brothers. And the Lord's spirit came over David and stayed with him from, um, from that day on. David was in the backfields picking the ticks off the sheep, like I said, man. Then finally, we have the last example I'm going to give you today. And that's the parable of the lost son. The parable of the prodigal son. And it says this in verse 11. Um, see where we find that. See if you can look that up back there, the verse. Verse 11 of the chapter. The parable of the prodigal son. Um, bear with me a second. Luke 15. Luke 15, 11. Okay, sorry. All right. Jesus continued. And he says, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his uh, father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had and set off for a distant country. And there he squandered, he spent everything he had. In wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country. And he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country. Who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating. But no one gave him anything. 17. When he came to his senses. Some versions say when he came to himself. When he came to himself. That means he realized. 
He said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am, starving to death. Man, I'm thinking, now? Didn't your father warn you? Didn't he, like, say, son, if you go in this direction and you do something careless, you're going to regret it, man. God's saying, hey, did I tell you to do that? Your father's saying, did I tell you to do that? No, I'm going to do it. I know, man. Trust me. I got this. A lot of sons say that. I know what I'm doing. Until, boom, it hits the fan. I will send out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, this is what the son is saying in his head. He goes, man, you know what? This is a bad deal. I messed up here. I spent everything. Maybe if I go back and I tell my father, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer, no, no longer worthy to be called your son. You know, just make me like one of your servants. Verse 20, so he got up and went to his father. But, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son and threw his arms around him and kissed him. Again, that verse right there is like the contrast that I was talking about earlier with the father that we being evil know how to give gifts to our kid. How much more will our father give us? The father wants to bless us, man. The heart of a father is wanting to see his sons and daughters blessed. He wants to see them happy. He wants to see them flourish. He doesn't want to see any pain come upon his kids. If you're a father, you know what I'm talking about. You know? And that's how our Heavenly Father is with us. When we, make, when we go in the wrong direction and in a place where he didn't send us, our Father, you know, he, he, he mourns. He, he doesn't like that. Jesus weeps, right? Cares about you more than you care about yourself. So much that he gave his son for you. So... The father just received the son with forgiveness and open arms. And I want to try to bring this spirit to my close today. You know, I want to bring this spirit of forgiveness, of embrace, of he threw his arms around him and he kissed him. The son said to him, Father, Father, I have sinned against you. And against heaven, I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, quick. He didn't even flinch, man. He was like, quick, bring the best robe. Put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted, fatted calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost, but now he's found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. And we all know how he felt, but we're not going to go there. We need to get in line with the Father's blessing. We need to receive all that God has for us. When we look at this story... And we're going to close now. Um, when we look at this story, we see a young man 
And I want everybody there in your living rooms, I want you listening to this message wherever you might be right now. That I want you to try to connect with the Father's blessings today. Try to understand that the Father wants to bless you and that you need to be able to receive that blessing. How can you receive it? Well, I'm glad you asked. You can receive it by first recognizing that God loves you and that he wants to be your father. And that you're willing to do what he says regardless of what you think. But that you're willing to surrender your will. Your will you're willing to surrender what you want to do to his will and what he wants you to do. And that you could start to walk in that truth. How do we know? How do we know that we're doing what God wants us to do? Man, when I was a young Christian, that was one of the biggest questions. How do I know what God's will is for my life? How do I know that I'm pleasing my father? Now, I told you earlier, it's knowing that you have peace in your heart, knowing that you get the thumbs up across the board from, from those people who love you, and knowing that you're doing what the word of God says versus what you think. When we look at this story, we see a young man who wanted to live outside the Father's blessing. He wanted to create his own agenda. And it didn't go well for him. He had to come back to his father, live in the purpose and blessing that God intended. If there's anyone who has left God's purpose or you feel you haven't been living under your father's blessing. There's anyone who has left God's purpose for your life. It doesn't matter your age. You could be at home. And, you know, you may not have been doing what your parents have been asking you to do. You may have been a little bit like, no mom, no dad, come on. Even those little things. It starts there in your heart. It starts with the heart. So today we have to line up our hearts with the spirit of the Father so that as sons and daughters we can receive the blessing, right? That was the whole purpose of today's message, to receive the Father's blessing. And now is not the time these days to be outside of the Father's blessing, my friend, right? We got to be ready for that trumpet sound. We got to be ready that every second in our life, every breath we take counts for him. This is not the time to be playing patty cake with the things of God. Oh, because tomorrow, no, 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 no. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day that the Lord, right there where you're at, wherever you might be listening, that God wants to touch your heart. He wants to bring you home. It didn't go well for the prodigal son at first. He had to humble himself and he had to recognize it's in my father's house that I have the blessing. It's in my father's house that I know not only am I going to be taken care of, but this is where the blessing is going to be. And man, God was instant, instant in forgiving him. He was instant. So if there's anyone who has left God's purpose or you feel you haven't been living under your father's blessings, today is the day of forgiveness and blessings. Come back to the father. 
Give your will and purpose over to him today. Let him become the Lord of your life in every area. Let the Lord, when he sees you coming home, when he sees you, and perhaps you're a Christian, perhaps you're not backslidden or you, you didn't stray from the things of the Lord, but you're not sure if you've been living according to the purposes that the Lord 100% want you to live. That message is for you too. It's across the board. Maybe you've strayed completely. Maybe you're indifferent. Maybe you're one foot in, one foot out. Maybe you're all in, but you want to make sure that you know that you know you're doing what God wants you to do so that you receive his thumbs up, his okay, his green light, his blessings. I'm here to tell you today that today God is here to forgive you. He's here to give you a new beginning. 2 Corinthians 5.17, the old is gone, behold all things. All things, doesn't say some, have been made new. So Jesus is waiting for you today to give you a ring and put it on your finger. He's waiting for you today to give you a coat and put it on you. And he's waiting today to give, well, you know what a fatted calf, I'm thinking the best porterhouse, creme de la creme, steak that exists of all time aged you know the one that is just breaks you know breaks the bank to buy that's the calf that God's going to give you today that's the churrasco that's the meat that God's going to give you today he wants to give you the best God doesn't do stuff halfway he gives you his very best so let's close our eyes right there right in your living room don't close your eyes if you're driving wherever you might be and just agree with me in prayer amen let's pray Father, Father, we come before your purpose today. We come before your throne. And we just ask you, God, that your loving hand of forgiveness, God, is there for me. Lord, I want your blessing. Lord, I want the dew of heaven to flow. I want your anointing. I want your protection. I want your joy. I want your peace. And the only way that I'm going to be able to receive it, Lord, is by following your purpose. By embracing your blessing, Lord. I want your blessing. I don't want to do anything outside of your blessings, oh Lord. And so today, I want to come back to your heart. I want to be knitted together with your heart, Lord. I want to be connected to your spirit. That I could walk with you in the newness of life. In the purposes that you have for me and my family, Lord. That from this day forward, I will walk where you want me to walk, do the things you want me to do, and say the things you want me to say. Help me, Lord. I can't do it alone. Father, I need your help. Cover me with your blood. Fill me with your word that I could walk according to your purposes for my life. If you said that prayer, my friend, I want you to know, don't doubt it for a minute, that Jesus saved you, that Jesus rescued you, that Jesus is giving you a new chance to come back home to his house and that he will be your father and those awesome words he'll never leave you nor forsake you all the days of your life well we love you we love you church family we miss you guys like crazy and hopefully soon we will see you back here in the house of the lord keep calling each other um keep staying connected please call us if you need anything the pastors we have 11 um and we're here to serve in any way we possibly can Amen. God bless you, church, and we'll see you in the next service at 12 p.m. God bless you. We love you. Have a great Sunday with your families.